1: This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL.
0: Hey folks, the return we have all been waiting for is finally here. UFC's most notorious icon is stepping back into into the octagon this Saturday. Be sure to check out DraftKings Sportsbooks, the official the official sports betting partner of the UFC for a shot to turn $1 into $257.
1: That's right, Corey. New users can now bet $1 on Conor McGregor to win by knockout in the first round. And if he does, you'll be cashing in $257. So you're betting a little, winning a lot. It's that simple.
0: (laughs) While we are all excited for this weekend's premiere, UFC bout. Let's not forget football is in the midst of their playoffs, so head to the app to check out the great playoff promotions now.
1: DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your easiest convenience.
0: Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. And use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $257. If McGregor wins by first round knockout, place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code THPN for new players to get $257 fucking dollars if McGregor wins by a first round knockout. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbooks. Must be 21 or older.
2: What is up, everybody? Mikey CLT here from Bar Down Breakdown, letting you know that our 100th episode is going to be dropping exclusively on the Hockey Podcast Network on January 27th. We will be joined by special guest Derek from the amazing pop punk band State Champs. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on all our socials so you do not miss any of our amazing episodes. We are so pumped that we have made it to episode 100. And to thank you, we are running an Instagram contest where one lucky winner can win a Steez brand snapback hat. So head over to our Instagram and enter our contest. Also, if you are just hearing about Bar Down Breakdown, make sure you go and check out our 99 other episodes where we have had artists who have been nominated for Grammys all the way down to artists who are unsigned. Where we dive into the crossover between alternative music and hockey. So make sure you go and check out Bar Down Breakdown wherever you listen to podcasts, brought to you exclusively by the Hockey Podcast Network. Hello, you're listening
0: to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, AKA Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. This episode should have definitely been recorded after that fucking ass kicking, but I've had a day to fucking really let that shit set in and I'm okay with it. But like, there was so much more intensity yesterday watching that fucking game than today. Anyway, folks, let me just introduce my partner, Mason. How the fuck are you, bud?
1: Uh, I'm a little under the weather. Weather. So, the weather. The weather. Yeah. Um, I was pretty fucking hype last night when we won, and maybe my screaming is what caused my <laughs> headache today. But no, like I agree with what you're saying. Um, just fucking great things from the Habs, honestly.
0: Yeah, and before we get into that, I guess we'll just do our normal shit. I, I know you're not feeling well, and it could be from the screaming, but I can almost guarantee it's probably from drinking. Only because I didn't this- drink last night. Oh, okay, okay. Well, well. Look, let me just let me just hip you to something that you did the previous recording. We were pretty fucked up, right? But you were slurping so bad during the fucking recording. I tried my best to edit it out, but you, you were just knocking back some fucking beers, dude.
1: What was I? It was. I, uh, I don't even remember that recording. It was a little
0: bad. Like sometimes, like I slurp just to fuck with like my my wife because she she just hates it, and like every now and then I'll just like throw one out there. But uh, we're just recording, and it was just like, it's just so subtle, but it was just like, you know, with headphones on, like, I can just hear it, like, you're just
1: breathing in,
0: <laughs> just taking a big old slurp.
1: <laughs> oh, man. No, that was an episode. Wow. I didn't realize how long we were recording for. I haven't even gone back and listened to it yet. I'm going to have to now. But That's
0: funny, but I, I guess another good thing about that is we got a, a five-star rating the other day and uh the guy left a comment and (laughs) it was it was a rather unusual one i feel like this has more of uh i feel like it's a parody comment if it is that's fucking hilarious if it's not i'm so happy that we helped but uh apparently this user we won't say his name but uh since listening has has been able to get sober and has been listening since uh since the beginning and it's been helping him turn his life around. So kudos to you. If you're a real person, that is awesome. And we're glad to help. And if you're not, I feel like you're Elijah from from (laughs) stick and stick and Rink podcast. And I appreciate it.
1: Uh, Yeah, I know. I agree with you. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a little out of it today, but uh, that's
0: okay. A little NyQuil. Oh, okay. What? what type of medicine do y'all have for
1: like just
0: not feeling good out there like you guys like would you use like a nyquil do y'all have
1: that i don't really use nyquil Where? um but, but y'all we have, have nyquil it? yeah we have nyquil uh like buckley's if i have a cold i don't really have a Ooh, cold though i just kind of like oh have you had buckley's no but we talked about it before and it's just legendary oh it is it tastes so bad it scares your body into getting better it's amazing
0: Like I brought that up to Dave and Dave was like, Oh, that shit works. So like, I'm just like dead set on getting some had to have as a novelty. I'm a bit afraid. I'm a bit afraid to try it.
1: (laughs) Oh, it tastes bad. They even have pill forms and they taste bad too. That's terrible. Yeah. It's not great. It's not great. Well,
0: with you not feeling good, let's just kind of put, put you in a better place. We'll just get to a little bit of Habs news. Um, so before we get into, uh, you know, people losing their minds on Twitter today about the taxi squad, let's just address a little thing called the, I just refer to it as the PLD rumors that are just getting astronomically more ignorant every day.
1: Yeah. Um, well, obviously we've talked about what's going on in Columbus with Pierre-Luc Dubois, Uh yeah, rumors are circulating things are happening uh if you were last watching the game last night you would have seen or heard elliot Freeman say he doesn't expect anything to happen very soon um i just think it's getting blown out of proportion i i don't think Pierre Luc dubois is going to be a columbus blue jacket in the foreseeable future but we saw how long the matt duchene trade lasted right um right I think this is an even much different situation, especially for the organization, in which Matt Duchesne was expendable to a certain degree. They had Nate McKinnon. They had other options down the middle.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: What does Columbus have? I don't think Domi's a number one center, and Pierre-Luc Dubois is much younger and looks to be much more talented than Matt Duchesne. So I don't think Yarmo Kekalainen is going to be that much in a, like he's not going to be in a rush um to say the least but i don't i don't really want to speculate on it more just because we don't really know anything what i can say and what i do know however is what john tortorella said about the situation and i don't think we talked about it last time no we did not uh basically tortorella acknowledged that yes pierre-luc dubois wants out which is, baffles me cuz was the last time Like you heard a head coach say, Yeah, he wants out, like just publicly. It's just crazy. But and he goes, he kind of ends it by saying, I wish he would be more honest with us about why he wants out. And in saying that, I to me it seems pretty fucking obvious why he wants out. (laughs) It's It's John tortorella. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean, the guy literally got upset. Well, he was upset, but he more or less forced that defenseman last, last season, I'm blanking on the name, to try to, like, get him to sign his fucking contract as fast as he can. You're just saying that he was uh, a little upset that he hasn't uh, sent any paperwork back. But, I mean, that's the type of guy John Tortorella is. And But if he, if he can go on air live and say, like, you know, that Dubois is not interested in staying here, then you know for a fact it's true this dude isn't – known to be a liar. He kind of just plays the ball where it lies, plays the puck where it lies. And I don't think Dubois is going to be sticking around. I just – I'm not excited to hear anything about Montreal
1: being involved in it. Yeah, and I think – like, don't get it twisted. John Torrell is a phenomenal coach, and I think his – track record speaks for itself. He turns teams into winners. He brings teams to the playoffs. He gets the most out of guys. But John Tortorella's style of coaching is somewhat like a Mike Keenan for older listeners. It runs its course. And while that John Tortorella for the first few years is going to rile up the boys and get the locker room going and, you know, get the most out of his players. Eventually, that coaching style turns volatile. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if we're seeing the end of John Tortorella's days in Columbus because we have now also got reports that him and Max Domi have been clashing. And you know more about this than I do, Corey. But if you want to comment on that.
0: uh, Well, it's it's more of like, you know, just like a buzz around around uh, what's going on. I mean, Max Domi signs this if I'm not mistaken, it's like a nine ten million dollar contract um and if you look, you know they they played two games against Nashville. he's been very limited on the power play uh, first game he had about a minute plus second game. he barely got a minute. Uh, it was actually like fifty you know fifty seven seconds or whatever on it. He had fifteen minutes of ice time the first game, no, I'm sorry, twelve minutes of ice con ice time the first game 15 the second so it's a little it's a little low it's understandable considering he's like a brand new guy he's you know being fit in an organization that john tortorello is the fucking mastermind behind so he's going to make him work for his time but at the same time it's like for that much money it feels like kind of a a dump you know like you just paid this guy all this money and you're not he's not getting ice time i believe one game he registered one shot on goal um I just, like, we, we've we seen Max Domey. We, we know what to expect from his play. We know what he's capable of. And it almost feels like he's not getting his opportunity there. Now, granted, he might be just frustrated from play. He should be frustrated from his contract because he is being paid well, very fucking well. But I don't think it takes long for Tortorella to just, you know, rock the cradle on players. We've seen a lot of guys come into that organization, stay a year, two years, and then are out. It seems that Max Domi might be in that type of situation, but I'm also afraid that because of his high salary now, you know, do you s- spend your tenure there? Like you're not going to get. I don't see too many teams picking Max Domi up for ten million dollars.
1: Max Domi's not making ten million dollars.
0: <sighs> Great, I'm I'm so happy you let me go on this tangent.
1: Well, you're not wrong. Like <laughs> sorry, he's making ten million dollars over two years. Over two years. My bad. So he's making 4.6 this year and then okay. 6 million the next year.
0: All right. So I was just, his tenure being there is 10 million, you know? So like, whatever. It's basically Pierre-Luc DeFlois. I think, it's, it's pretty similar.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry. I, I thought I'd let you go because I think your point still, is still valid. I mean, he is getting compensated pretty well. I think that's a cap hit of like 5.6, 5.7 million dollars. So he's getting compensated for playing there. I just don't, I don't know. It's just a weird situation. Um, Yarmo seems to draft very, 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 very well. But we've seen in the past, I mentioned uh, last week that Columbus can't seem to hold on to their star players. But in saying that, I do think it's an interesting situation. I think it's a situation that I want to stay out of. Uh, If I was Mark Bergman, I would stay away from the situation. I think it's volatile, and I think we have two young centers who are going to provide a lot to us in their future. And I think we have a very, very, very good center in Philip Deneau, who is only 27 years old and who I think can provide a lot on both ends of the ice for us. So I just don't want to hear Montreal's name like named in the rumors anymore. I think it would be like a, kind of like a fairy tale kind of like story. Like, the, you know, the French kid returns home number one center. But Pierre-Luc Dupois is not a transcendent talent. He is a star player in this league, but I do not see him being worth a Nick Suzuki, let alone nick suzuki plus so i just want mark rusher to stay away i haven't had a lot of time to
0: really watch him you know i mean you can only do so much with fantasy okay wow he gave you a point you know like i'm not really watching columbus games but uh this is a you know a top 10 calder pick uh possibility for his intro Uh, i came in at 19 he's got four seasons in but nonetheless you're absolutely right um I don't know enough to just base him off of what he's capable of. He does have fantastic numbers as far as a young guy coming into this league, but the fact that this this is being brought up, I think it's it's a little it's out of pocket. It scares me because this is scarily the type of shit Mark Bergevin would do. Just take just take this on, but I just think that he took in so much in the off season that this just no longer is an option, and I'm glad it isn't because the rumors on Twitter is it's not just Nick Suzuki, it's like a Nick Suzuki plus pick, or it's a Nick Suzuki plus Romanov, and I don't think that you waste that. Like, granted, Nick Suzuki was not brought up through our prospects. You know, he didn't go through our you know our talented pool that we have just waiting. He came over, he made an immediate impact, and we're rotting with that. That was a great pickup of us. There's no reason for us to let go of that. Um, but then Romanov, we're, you know, we're seeing greatness from him right now. He played two terrific games. He's got a, a monster shot. It's pretty, it's 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 not the fastest thing in the world, but it is it's got some accuracy on it. So I'm excited to see more about him. But I just don't think that those two would be a good pairing to take in one guy who who has decent offensive capabilities when we have a, a very stout Nick Suzuki, who's got just as good of offensive capabilities, just based on two games of play plus his playoff bubble. And then Romanoff, who's just looking fantastic right now. So that's a no for me. It scares me every time it gets brought up. Uh I don't know what else to say about it other than I don't think there's a Canadian fan out there that really
1: wants this to happen. I think there are quite a few that want it to happen, especially those who are all pro-Francophone and, (laughs) you know what I mean, are bent on bringing the French back to Montreal. But I also think for what we would give up, and this will be my last comment on it, for what we would give up for Pierre-Luc Dubois, not only would it not be worth it, but – He would not be able to play into the expectations of this fan base and of this market. We would give up so fucking much for Pierre-Luc Dubois that they would expect him to be the second coming of Connor McDavid. And he's not. And he's not. Great player, but he's not going to – I love what you're saying. They would eat him alive the same way they've eaten Druin alive. Druin had a three-point night opening night, and they still shot on him. Yeah, he wasn't talked about much. (laughs) Yeah, all we gave up for him was Sergachev. Could you imagine if we gave up a legitimate future number one center, plus a draft pick, plus a prospect like Caden really Pure Luke Dubois would be run out of town. Yeah,
0: it's it's it, it's it's so much harder when it's 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 two it's two guys to one for a trade because then you watch both of their. You know, these young kids are going to be something in this league. You're going to watch both of these kids go on to be something, and you're just sitting at one guy. And that guy's, you know, almost thirty point thirty goal season has got to bump up to a 50-goal season every season for us to not, you know, feel like we fucked ourselves. So I just – I think we made enough acquisitions. I think we are a great team. Two games in, I don't want to see any fucking changes as far as trading. So let's move on from that. That subject just makes me fucking frustrated.
1: Yeah, and speaking of prospects, a guy who is no longer a prospect but a legitimate -er, NHLer, full-time NHLer at that now, and someone who I've been raving about the entirety of my time doing this Habs Nightly podcast and for the last four years, seventh-round draft pick, former Notre Dame alum, Jake Evans, who scored a shorthanded goal last night on top of playing exceptionally well the entirety of the game. I mean, I haven't seen much of Jake Evans. I watched this kid
0: yesterday. He was knocked down a few times. He made a a bunch of great recoveries. I don't I, I haven't seen a lot. You know, I didn't follow him in college, but this kid was a legit factor last night the fourth line was really pumping it seemed like you know not to just move on from Jake Evans but Josh Anderson comes in with that power that power forward move looking like a, like a like a new age Gordy howe with the you know the, the protecting the puck you see Byron try it. They're both very hard to knock off. Like So, like, this fourth line was just buzzing. And the fact that Jake Evans gets a shorthanded goal, I completely forgot we were even on a PK because of how well we were playing in this game. But kudos to Jake Evans. I'm so glad he looked so amped up after that goal. It was like, you, if your bench sees a young kid like that, just, like, absolutely beautiful goal, and then it's just as fired up as that, I don't see your team not... rallying around that, let alone we were just dominating that game.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think Byron showcased that he still has elite speed last night, especially on that one drive where he Mm -hmm. um, drove to the net, um, had it broken up by a phenomenal play by Tyson Berry, who I thought was legitimately Edmonton's best player last night, both offensively and defensively. I just thought he was phenomenal. And uh, we saw the Tyson Berry of the avalanche, not the Leafs last night. By the way, why I picked him up in fantasy, fucking secondary assist for McDavid. Gonna put me at number one. But look, that's besides had, the point. <laughs>
0: he had that 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 look. I've I'm kind of fumbling, but like he had a chance on on to score a very strong goal. He fakes out, he moves a little bit more, and he's got a he's got a very solid shot. And the moment when he hesitated and everybody kind of fell for it, I was like, fuck, this is this is going to be the goal. You know, this is, this is, it's no longer going to be a shutout and I'm sure we'll get into that in a second, but Tyson Berry legitimately was the Edmonton Oilers last night.
1: Yeah, definitely. And uh, there aren't many times where you can say McDavid got shut down. I think Montreal did a very good job of that. And, you know, I got to say that makes me pretty fucking happy, but it also terrifies me because every time McDavid gets shut down, uh the next game someone suffers and it just happens to be us again tomorrow so
0: yeah and it it just previously happened the other the other night but you know what um i don't see the habs not riding this high even if it's a closer game you know uh the day you guys are listening to this i still think that you don't come from a game like that of a team that's really just uniting and just go in and shit the fucking bed the next night. I think the intensity, maybe not as much goals, but I think that intensity is coming right back um, tonight.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Moving on, because you mentioned it, uh, Carey Price's shutout. Did you have something in mind about that?
0: Uh, Yeah, it's fucking unprofessional. (laughs) I mean, like, this is a game. There's so many people that have – superstitions right why do you wait till like five minutes left in the fucking game or or less than 10 minutes left to bring up a fucking possible shutout just don't speak of it don't speak of it at all like because you you talk you you air it on fuck you you say it on air and guess what the fuck happens A, a, a shitty fucking goal goes in like you, they took that from us, and I think I think it's a little it's a little fucked up. Like, yeah, we all see it. We all see he's having a stellar fucking night. You say that, you don't say, hey, he's five minutes from a fucking shutout. It just kind of rattled me because I was like, dude, like I got him in fantasy, like more than just a fan. I'm like, I'm about to get an extra fucking point because he's he's just putting on a fucking clinic out there.
1: Yeah, no, it definitely frustrated me. I tweeted about it. I'm getting tired of it. Like I don't mean even in the World Juniors. Fucking, I love Ray Ferraro, but Ray Ferraro would say it all the time. He would actually he would actually say shutout too. It just pisses me off. But
0: I think that's just like that's just like one thing that like maybe broadcasters like like in the you know in the in the locker room it's like don't you know don't drop the sweater. Don't step on the logo. It's like broadcasters should definitely have shit they should not fucking say. That should
1: be, like, sacrilegious. You know, like, don't bring up a fucking shutout. Or in football, because I'm a Dolphins fan, but I cheer (laughs) for the Ravens. When they go, Jason Tucker hasn't missed a field goal in 73 consecutive, and then he fucking misses it. Like, shut (laughs) up.
0: I took so much shit. When he missed the field goal against the fucking Saints, it was unreal.
1: And he's been so good. He
0: mm-hmm. he's just been a lights out kicker his entire career. <clears throat> but um, a little bit back onto this game, uh, I really followed Romanov a lot harder this game. Um, I just because of how well he played the first one. Um, just a, a moment that I noticed, uh, that really like kind of just showed just his his skills, uh. After the Petrie goal, there was uh, some great forechecking. Uh, it's highly congested around the puck, but Romanov didn't give up. Like, uh, it was closer to the line. It was about to go out. He doesn't give up on it. He kind of just, like, flips a little chip back back into the zone before the Oilers kind of con- congested around him. And uh, I think it's just, like, it's, it's little plays like that. Like, he could have dumped it back, but then – if no one's back there, that's a terrible move. You know, you're the last line of defense and then you'd have Petrie scrambling to get, you know, to get down there. Uh, he just kind of dumps it back into our four checking area and it, it resulted in almost another goal. I think that's just a, a tremendous, you know, in a moment of just like, I'm sure it would be stressed for anyone else. He finds a way to get it past players and get it back in our offensive zone.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I don't know if there were a lot of negatives I took away from that game, really. I guess I guess a good point about that game, and I didn't tweet it because, like,
0: I don't want – you know, I'm fucking Super sister, so I was like, I don't want to tweet about it. But it's like it's so enjoyable when your team looks even better than they are when the other team that's supposed to be better than you is just playing just dog, dog shit.
1: I don't think Edmonton's was supposed to be better than us, though.
0: I get what you're saying, but like, I just feel like as as far as offense, like they were just like, I don't know, they just they just couldn't find anything, and 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 just beyond not just like Kerry Price, like they just looked like they just did not have it together in moments of that game. There were so many takeaways, like we just, I don't know, we were just literally a unstoppable force.
1: Yeah, it was a pretty perfect game for Montreal.
0: Um, and and another goal in the power play is just am- <laughs> amazing. Um, and and to have a shorthanded one at that, like this is just, like I don't want to say it, but like this is like a fucking season's best game. Like this is like mid-season tier, what you would expect of a team that's already loose and ready and and playing together
1: in solidarity,
0: like. It yeah, wasn't a moment where I was like, come on, you know, like.
1: <laughs> they were definitely playing like a team that's been together for much longer.
0: Um. Also, Romanov had that, like, that drop pass, <laughs> and I think it was to Tatar, Um, but it was, it was just sleek. It was kind of last minute, kind of caught Tatar off a little bit, but, like, you're behind him. You, you could see it. You could really accept it at that point. But, I mean, he literally f- – he was knocked down. He immediately pops back up, like – you know, within the same forty minutes, forty seconds, you know, he's already moving with the puck down and makes that amazing pass that could have led to a, a possible hat trick by Tatar. But I guess enough Romanov talk for tonight. It's just uh it's just phenomenal. It was a very phenomenal performance from the entire fucking team. I'm happy that the first line really kind of showcased that they're still the dominant I would say the dominant line, but they're, they're the first line for a reason right now, even if it's just 1A. Um, I felt like they were a little, you know, shadowed in the first game. This one was, was all Thomas Tatar for the most part. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. There's just not a lot of fucking negatives, dude.
1: Uh, no, I agree. Uh, like you said, Thomas Tatar, what a fucking start for him. Three goals already uh, on three shots. Looks like he can't miss right now. Um, it's good to see he's riding hot. It'll be nice to see. Hopefully, next game, KK and Gallagher getting on the board. Um, but you know, Gallagher we know is streaky. KK is KK. His talent will shine through. So I'm, I'm not really worried about those guys for two games into the year. And I'm just excited to see uh, if we see Jake Evans in that, or not Jake Evans. Sorry, Jake <laughs> Allen in that for uh, the Edmund, the game against Edmonton on Monday. Hmm. That would be okay. Okay. Uh,
0: shit. I even I even made a suggestion. I was like, I would be surprised if they even had um, if they even allowed Koskinen to finish the game after what was going on. He, I mean, he did, but they. It was just odd that they would talk about um his backup, which I, I'm not even sure his name, to be honest with you. Um, but he uh, they said he hasn't played uh, an NHL game, and I was like, he's about to get his minutes, like Koskinen it's it, I can't really fault him as much as I can just fault the entire team. It was just a, it's a bad night, but, um, shit. I don't want to see Kerry price give up any games, but you know, if, if we take a couple of games for Kerry price and he could play like that, like he did, um, Saturday night, I mean, so be it, you know, and I guess one last thing before we wrap it up, uh, Tyler to Foley, a lot of people online are just criticizing the fuck out of this guy i just like i just want people to understand that it, it there's, there's a, there has to be a bit of patience like yeah he had a great, he had two really good looks that if you don't like you could have easily passed it back it was a two on one it was a breakaway basically you you pass it back to your to your partner it's an easy goal but at the same time like he took the shot i'm not i'm not mad at him i still think he's making great plays out there it's just it, – it might take him some time to get used to it. I mean, he's he's on a third line with KK and Armia. It's going to take a little bit of time, but I don't think that he's not going to shine on this team.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that um, things are going to work out for him. He's making the right plays. He is getting open, and that's an important mm-hmm. way to distinguish things. It's not like he's not doing anything. He's missing these chances because he's creating them. So that's a positive way of looking at it. Right. Absolutely.
0: Um, and then one one more note. it, <laughs> Nick Suzuki putting that guy into the <laughs> into the blender was just oh, iconic. that was, awesome. it was iconic. And um how how can how can you as a fan of the Canadians just think about trading him away? I'm sorry. You can be the francophone, whatever. I just this kid's just got style. This kid laid someone the fuck out. He had four hits last game, like He's awesome.
1: Yeah, I know. And that smoky, smooth toe drag in the corner to send that Oilers guy flying <laughs> face for his was pretty to go.
0: I mean, that was that was possible. Like the dude could have blew his knee out. Like it was that. It was that tragic. But um. But man, I, I'm folks. You know, we got a game tonight. Let's just look forward to it. Prepare. This was a great onlook to as what we could possibly do to fuck at Edmonton, you know, tonight, let's just be happy. Um, we have a solid team and they're playing like they know what the fuck they're doing. Even Joel Edmondson had a monstrous hit. Looked like he was going to fucking smash the dude through the, through the glass, the other, you know, the other game. But um, I guess we're, we we can close this out. Mason, I know you're not feeling too good. I want you to get some rest. So we rest up for this game and for our next talk. But uh, why don't you, uh, if you got any last words and uh send us on out bud
1: uh no i just uh don't be in a rush to trade our two potential star centers (laughs) when we've been waiting for them for nearly two and a half decades and uh you know stay classy guys it's been halves nightly uh i would say it's been fun but i kind of want to just take a jackhammer to my head to make the pain go away but um. Yeah, hopefully we'll feel we'll be better. I'll be more upbeat. Corey, I'll, uh, Corey and I will be able to go back and forth a little more by uh, Wednesday. And on Thursday, we'll have a nice new episode for you. All right, you guys. Uh, as always, y'all have a great night. Go Habs. Please follow us on
0: Twitter at Habs Nightly. by you vendors. Uh, give us a five-star rating. Subscribe. And you guys have a great night.